NDU Public Affairs Director Tom Gerhardt visits today with a former teacher and now a former state senator, Erin Oban. She resigned being a state senator this week in order to take a position with the USDA. But as a former teacher, she knows firsthand what it's like to work in the classroom. And as a former state senator, she worked to shape a policy on the Senate Education Committee and the Central Region Education Association. Oban visits with Gerhardt on her perspective on why teachers are leaving the profession and what we can do about it. You've seen the survey results from the North Dakota United Survey on educator retention I want to know if you could just talk about your initial reaction when you saw those results. I would say it was a mix between completely heartbroken and completely unsurprised, unfortunately. Neither of those uh, make me very happy to say, but, you know, I've been working in education for a long time. I knew what it felt like to be in the classroom. I have been working at a regional level professionally and obviously being involved with state decisions in education. I've certainly heard how things are being talked about, and I'm seeing directly how educators are feeling. So that is why my response was that, you know, I'm not surprised, but I'm heartbroken about it. And I'm, you know, I'm a mom too. I have a kid who's about to be in kindergarten. We are registered for the fall. And knowing that that's just how widespread educators feel across our state is is truly devastating to me. You were in the classroom. You've spent a lot of time as a member of the Senate Education Committee and the Interim Policy Committee and in your current role, as you said, immersed in education. What personal stories have you heard from other constituents or teachers across the state? Anything specific that's been told to you that highlights this issue? In some regard, I think sometimes our educators are experiencing many of the same things that I have felt and what led to my decision to decide not to run for office again. Sometimes it isn't direct. (laughs) I have not been on the receiving end of a significant number of angry messages, you know, yelling in my face, anything like that. It's just kind of a constant drumbeat of distrust or questioning, sometimes outright completely made up issues. And at some point, it just gets to be so much that you didn't realize it was piling up. And that is what I'm hearing from the educators who are my friends right here in Bismarck, in our district, from relatives, uh, from people across the state. It's just this feeling like, when is it going to give? And I do think that generally a lot of professions are feeling that level of strain right now. So while I don't think it is totally unique to education, I also don't feel like they have done anything to be put in that situation other than dedicate their entire lives to trying to improve the lives of kids. When people feel that way, they almost feel like there's no other option. Either I leave or something has to change. And I fear we're getting to the point where people really are considering leaving. And it's really overwhelming because they've never considered leaving a profession and a calling really ever in their lives. There's an article recently, an editorial 
in the Bismarck Tribune, I know you're aware of from a Bismarck teacher that was really raw and passionate and eloquently eloquently spoken as to why she feels educators are under so much stress. And I know that that touched you as it did many other people. What was your reaction when you read read that letter to the editor? I agree with the the raw, the use of the word raw. It is so accurate. It's how I felt when I read it. Frankly, I was choking back tears, probably let them fall at a couple points during it. And again, I'm thinking about it from a couple different perspectives, both as somebody who has sat in that chair as a classroom teacher, uh, as somebody who has spent now eight years in the Senate trying to lift up a profession that, in my opinion, deserves the utmost respect And that doesn't mean we don't work to get better. That doesn't mean we can't talk about areas where we need to improve, places where the system is not working for all kids. And I'm also thinking about it as the mom of a a kid who I want desperately to have the best experience in our public schools that any kid that I would want for any kid. So I could feel her her kind of confusion, like, how did we get here? What have we done to, <laughs> to deserve that kind of, you know, and just uh, like, literally, I can imagine her right now laying down at night and praying for her students. Uh, and I think we forget that oftentimes our own families of teachers are, are set aside to care for the well-being of other people's kids. You mentioned eight years in the Senate, You're on the Education Policy Committee. What work is being done at that level politically in our legislature to address these issues? I know if you Google uh, educator retention in North Dakota, that it seems like not many years ago, there were some similar headlines. So this isn't a new issue, although maybe what is impacting educators is new or emerging. Yeah, I feel like this has been like a flicker that has been happening for a long time and it feels like fuel got dumped onto it. And now it's this gigantic fire that is, you know, for lack of, (laughs) let's just go continue with the metaphor, it burning out our best and brightest teachers who I just think about like the heart of a community. I grew up in a town of 600 people, Tom, this is, I mean, schools are the heart of communities especially our smallest rural communities, which have been struggling with teacher recruitment and retention for a long time. And certainly that's being felt even more so now in our larger communities, something they haven't experienced in the past. I feel like in a lot of ways, we've missed the warning signs. I won't say that we weren't aware of it or we haven't tried little things, but our political system has made us so impatient to see through what policies might actually help. So we will try something and we will, if it doesn't immediately show us just this massive improvement, we will upend it or we will defund it or we will not give it a chance to show if it is going to have impact on the problem we were attempting to solve in the first place. I'll be the first to say we haven't tried enough, but sometimes it also doesn't take dollars and it doesn't take policy. It takes how we show respect to people, how we talk to people. And so to, to me, the, the survey, your survey results, was a message for every single person who is willing to listen. It will be interesting to see if we listen. There was another headline in the paper, I think over the weekend, cookie cutter bill, 
from across the country that appears to be headed our way that would push educators to put their lesson plans online each day. And that just seems like another... For a full year. For a full year. And time is so critical. And here we are, you know, potentially looking at chipping away at that again. It's um, not even realistic, Tom. Anybody who has spent any period of time in a classroom knows that is the most unrealistic proposal I have ever seen. Like, I can't meal plan for a week, Tom. And somehow we're going to think that a good teacher constantly is adjusting to the circumstances in their classroom. This kid is learning this at this point. This kid is is struggling with this. This family is going through this. That is what a good teacher is constantly juggling. And to think that somehow you could prepare an entire year of responding to those very situational, it is ridiculous. It is utterly ridiculous and so offensive that anybody of reasonable mind would entertain that. It just struck me as so counterintuitive to what we're hearing, the timing of that story. And that's what everybody is feeling stretched thin with is time. And when I think about what we need so desperately, whether it's in the classroom or whether it is in our world, it is time to build relationship and to make connections with each other. It is the only way you can maneuver through challenges and get out on the other end in a better place. It's the only way you can have good direct communication and be in a better place at the end of it. It's proven that if a kid is connected to their teacher, it is easier from, for them to learn. And what we keep removing is time to do those things. We add more and more and more to people's plates. We take nothing off. And then somehow this is going to improve anything. I mean, to me, this is a, about control. I am going to control what you do, when you do it, how you do it. If I don't like one thing I see... I'm not going to come and ask a question with a level of curiosity and interest in what the answer is. I'm going to be accusatory and blow stuff up on social media or call into a radio station. I just wonder how we can get back to that basic level of giving teachers the huge resource of time back to do what they do best, to connect with kids and to help them learn. That's what education is supposed to be about. Are there solutions we can work toward, whether it's at a political level, personal level, even administrators in our schools? What are some things maybe that you've thought about? Yeah, I, I have thought a lot about it since since your survey results came out. And, and as I mentioned earlier, I do think there's a message in there for each and every one of us. I have long said and do my very best <laughs> uh, to, to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Words matter. I choose my words wisely because the moment they leave my mouth, I can't take them back. Uh, they can be really powerful in building people up and they can be really powerful in tearing people down. Some of the very basic we, things we can do is think about the words that are escaping our mouth and thinking about that in terms of what are we saying about education, about educators? I hear teachers say all the time, I don't expect every parent to like me. What I hope they won't do is tear me down in front of their kid. 
It's almost impossible to connect with a kid if they hear those conversations at home. I think there is a message in there for parents. It is absolutely okay to want to know what your child is learning. Teachers have been begging for parents to be more engaged in their kids' education for a really long time. I've never met a teacher who hasn't been willing to share lesson plans as the, to make accessible uh, the curriculum that they're using. Those decisions, by the way, are made locally. <laughs> so I encourage you to be very engaged with your, with your child's learning, to have a healthy relationship with your teacher, uh, with your child's teacher, to ask questions instead of make assumptions. As I said, it's okay to, to wonder, but how we handle that wondering matters. I think there are messages in there for uh, teachers themselves. How are you supporting one another during a really hard time? Are you making sure that you're okay? I believe that educators, while I don't wish this to add one more thing to their plate, they are also citizens who have elected leaders. And I know I do best when I hear directly from my constituents. I encourage you to know who your legislators are, to reach out to them. Same with your school board. They are elected leaders and they have to hear from and be held accountable to the way they're speaking and the decisions they're making. And I think that there are messages in that survey directly for elected officials. You are either making this worse or making this better. And sometimes making it better just means not doing anything. <laughs> Stop making it harder. Um, you know, those proposals of posting lesson plans. And I, I mean, I've, I've heard a whole host of them that are not helping. So please consider what the actual problem is that you're trying to solve. And if that is an appropriate solution. I think we live in a state that loves to talk about small government, about conservatism, about local control, and we need to start practicing it. That means having reasonable conversations where they belong. If you have a question, if you have a problem, start first with the teacher and then with the administrator and then with the school board. And by all means, just because you don't like an answer doesn't mean then you pass some state law. That is directly opposite of what we say we are. This is a real, real concern about any of us who care about community, about any of us who care about children, about any of us who care about workforce issues, about any of us who care about uh, the talent pool we are creating in North Dakota. You know, those kids sitting in classrooms are likely going to be the nurses who take care of you and me when... <laughs> When we need help or the pilot in an airplane we get on, the, the plumber we call when our toilets don't work, I want them all to just be prepared. And that means we have to let teachers do their job in partnership with parents. It's not an all or nothing thing. That was a former state senator and former teacher, Erin Oban. She recently resigned being a state senator to take a position with the USDA. And she was visiting with North Dakota United Public Affairs Director Tom Gerhardt. That conversation was recorded before her appointment to the USDA, which prompted her resignation 
from serving as a state senator. You can listen to all the pieces on our website by searching North Dakota Teacher Retention Crisis. It's also now available as a podcast. Again, searching that name, North Dakota Teacher Retention Crisis, in your favorite podcast app.